Let me take the locks off this front door here. And lock number three. I like this door of my rectory because it looks a bit like a hobbit door. It's like totally round the upper part of it. It's just the lower part that isn't round. Otherwise, it would be a perfect hobbit hole entry. <laughs> but it is not. I'm walking outside here. And if I look at the tower, the clock tower of St. Joseph's Church here on my left, it is a quarter to six in the evening. It is almost dark. That's one of the results of uh, winter time. And I am on a very important mission today. I'm going to walk to the nearby shopping center to get one of the main ingredients for life. And next to the Eucharist and air and water, that of course is coffee. Because I just noticed that I finished the last bit of coffee <laughs> this morning. And I almost forgot to get new coffee, which would have caused some problems this morning. Or tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow morning, that is. This morning I was fine. Oh my gosh, the street here in the village is a total mess. Uh, they've been uh, renovating the main street that leads from Ikea to my rectory to the church. And... Uh, but it's been a very slow process. They've been working on it for the entire summertime. And it's only now, I think they're months late with this whole project, that they have arrived close to where I live. So the, the entire street is now open. There are uh, big machines digging up the pipes and the wiring. I just hope they are not going to damage the internet connection. It's always a, a fear. Like, I'd rather have them, like, I don't know, break the 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 water supply than internet because that's something that always seems to go wrong when they start digging up the street and so for well I, I think for a couple of hundred meters here this entire street is open it's also a pain because uh, usually the where I'm walking now that's what I would be uh, I, that's what I, I would travel this road by bike and now I have to go through the other entrance to the village, which is a very, very big detour. And you'll see that just around Christmas time, the entire street in front of the church will be open. So that may also cause some problems for church visitors. Anyway, I'm on my way to coffee, so things are going to be okay. The universe will be at peace very soon. <laughs> Let me give you an update on what's been going on. Of course, I've been back for about a week now from my very intense journey to Scotland and then uh, to Rome. I think the last time we spoke on the walk was on the boat. <laughs> I was on the way back, I think, before I went to Rome. If you follow my vlogs you uh, and also my posts on social media, you'll have already seen how that journey turned out. It was really, really cool what I appreciated the most was actually two things. I really liked being in, in Rome during that last week of the Synod. It's kind of cool to be so close to a major event in the life of the church and to see how things work. Um, 
But uh, the trip to England and Scotland was even cooler because it also uh, was it was just an experiment uh, in, in filmmaking and in doing a type of production that I've never been able to do before. I've traveled before and I've filmed before, but never with a, a director and a, and a cameraman. Um, and also never with such an ambitious plan to make... Uh, well, in, in, a, in, in total, it's going to be a, like an hour and a half of documentary material. Here's a train... These are double-decker double trains that go from Amersfoort to the east of the country. And so they make us wait here. All the bikes, all the cars have to wait until the red light is over. But, well, there's probably another train coming from the other direction. There is a, there's a station, actually, just uh, about 100 meters from here. Oh, yeah, there's definitely another train coming. Is that a train or what is that? Oh yeah, that's an even faster train. It's an intercity train. So that's a high-speed train. That's why it's so dangerous if uh, cars or bikes uh, ignore the, the lights like they're doing right now. There's a, someone on a bike who's just ignoring the fact that the red lights have not extinguished. Because you can get another train... And, well, every year the people are killed because they want to cross over too quickly. This is a small path. It used to belong to one of the farmers, or I think it's still a private uh, path. And it's actually for pedestrians like me, but since this is a biking nation, a lot of people will just <laughs> ride their bikes over this very, very small path in between, well, here on my right is a restaurant and here on my left is a small farm and over there we've got some horses. That's kind of the, the charm of living in this, in this town which is now gobbled up by the, by the city but the center of the town still has that uh, it kind of feels like a, a little farm village and so you'll have these patches of green with, uh, with horses or, or chickens and that lends it something i don't know i just like it it's it's much more to i think uh suitable for for um for living than a big city which is always a bit artificial in a way so the f filming such a big project was a joy also because all of a sudden i was seeing the the possibilities and i also noticed how how different it is to tell a story um that spans uh, three episodes, three regular TV episodes, and also it brings us from one place to another every time with a very specific goal. We were trying to find out more about these early monks from the 7th century, and having that, that narrative drive really helped turning it into something that I think is going to be maybe one of the best productions that I've made so far. And, of course, I'm not making this uh, on my own. Hugo also is uh, helping... Uh, uh, tremendously with his knowledge of, of Scotland and he very quickly had a, a clear idea on how to approach this. So what I learned was this is 
what I love to do. This is this is really, I think, the next step. It's making these travel uh, documentary doc, documentaries, and I, I got some confirmation also on on Facebook. I've I've been hey, there's a little dog here. Well, a little actually, there's a big dog, <laughs> black and white. Looks like a sheepdog or something like that. Anyway, so um, I I I've concluded that this is probably um, something that really fits me well. Someone commented on on the blogs on the vlogs that I've been posting. So I, I try to I've, I've filmed a lot, a lot of vlogs, very simple vlogs, just with my phone. Um, so it's it's. Uh, nothing at all like what we've been filming with our professional cameras but still it looks very good and uh and i've just been every time i had a moment i was i would just record another vlog and sometimes they would would be just three or four minutes sometimes longer and now i'm just cutting them up into smaller pieces and posting them and then chris uh commented like this this you know productions like this would do very well on american tv you know this geeky priest that it loves to share uh, and take people to places. You should really consider turning this in a TV show. Um, and I think what he meant was something a little bit bigger than just you know Dutch national TV in the afternoon, where almost no one watches TV <laughs> except for older people. People. So, and and I feel that this is it. Kind of pulls on me. I want to do more of these productions because that's my strength, and it challenges me. Uh, to tell bigger stories, you know, more interesting stories than what you can do in 25 minutes, which is the normal duration of uh, of a TV show. And so, uh, as a result of that, I've been kind of thinking about how do I want to proceed? How do I want to get to this next goal, this next level? And as always, I'm still, you know, me at a, a day will continue to have only 24 hours so it means that I have to create space to do this I have to make room in my schedule and in my priority list to be able to focus on on these kind of projects and so I've been reassessing the list of topics that I uh, created for my uh, for this is the first supermarket by the way it's a little it's a German Supermarkets. So I'll go here first, see if they, what kind of coffee they have. German coffee usually has, you know, has a good reputation. This is a, one of those mega supermarkets. <laughs> that was me. That happened to me also last time I was here. So every time I pass through these things, the, it goes off. And I, I still don't know what it is. Something in my closer. But I don't know what. It's annoying because everybody looks at you like, did you steal something? No, I just entered the store. <laughs> How can I steal something if I enter the store instead of leaving it? And this is going to happen again when I leave the store. So I'm just going to tell them in advance, I'm innocent. You can search me. I don't need to steal because I have money. <laughs> Anywho... And I still, I, d- I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, I'm wearing the same clothes that I wore. And it has to be my coat. I think it's, it's the the coat. But I've had this one for years. And it, it has never done this before. So, I don't know. The last time that happened, they said, it, maybe it's one of your bank passes. And I'm like, well, if, my, if, the, if the, 
the stuff that I use to pay, if that causes the alarm, then something is wrong <laughs> in the way you do this. Because, goodness gracious, I, I'm happy to pay. Okay, this is a salad. Do I want a salad? Or am I going to make something a little bit better? Actually, this is quite nice. Mm, maybe not. Maybe I'll eat something else. Actually, I'm here for the coffee. Why am I looking at other stuff? It's just a habit. Uh, this is all the meat and dairy. Ooh, they got Spanish seafood. Sometimes they'll have these, you know, kind of more exotic things. Uh, French cheese. What kind of French cheese do they have? Camembert. Fromage du Pays Basque. Brie, I never really like. I don't care for brie. Pecorino, that's sheep cheese, but actually I still have a stash of sheep cheese that I bought when they were dumping it. And it, it, you can conserve it pretty well. So now I have sheep cheese until the end of the year, if I want. No, there's nothing here. That's too interesting. Where is the coffee? So I've been looking at that list of... of um, uh, shows that I wanted to film in the next six weeks. There are only six more weeks left until Christmas. It's crazy how quickly time flies by. And what I want to do is uh, simplify that as much as I can. Um, and because I, uh, I, I really want to uh, get my shows, um, most of it filmed, or everything that I have to film. There are a few episodes that I'm going to outsource. But everything that I am involved with, I want to get that over with before the end of the year so that next year I can have more time to focus on these bigger productions, on travel stuff. So what I'm doing is I'm going to look back, uh, take a, a look again at, at things that I filmed in the past. One of the ideas that I had for next year is to create an episode about, or two episodes actually, about my big journey through New Zealand where I went and visited all those Lord of the Rings sets. sets. I've never been able to, to uh, put that together because I didn't have a narrative. I just filmed wherever I was, and the weather was gorgeous. The country is one of the most beautiful places in the, on the planet. But I didn't really have a connecting story, and I wasn't very good at the time at, at, at telling stories. At, I didn't know what I was doing, basically. <laughs> now I do know a little bit better what I'm doing, and so I want to... Ooh, pizza. Ooh. Deliciosa. Salami. Mmm, that looks all so good. How many are... Uh, okay. And this is just one pizza. Okay, they're actually quite expensive. Hmm. Hmm. Ah, I just came back from Rome. Who needs pizza? I've eaten enough pizza for the rest of the year. You see how quickly I get distracted when I record a podcast and I'm shopping? <laughs> so um, I'd love to retell that story and I, the only place where I could put it and of course I still need to get permission to do it is uh, in the 40 days of Lent so what I want to do is to retell that journey through Middle Earth and connect it with the journey that Frodo uh, makes to destroy the ring and somehow creatively connect that with the um, Here's a coffee, by the way, with uh, the story of 
uh, of Easter and uh, and the Passion, because you know, Tolkien being a Catholic writer, I'm sure there are a lot of connections that I can make. But I still need to kind of think hard about how to how to make that a logical. Um, uh, two-parter for that time of year. I think I'll make it. And and in terms of, you know, video material, I have what it. I have what I need. This is actually looks like very bland coffee. I don't trust this. I think I've taken this brand once uh, once before, and it wasn't good at all. Didn't have much taste. I may go to another store if they don't arrest me because of the. Uh, machine bleeping here. Can I get the, what they do have? Are actually very good veggies here. So maybe I'll just get some veggies so that they can see that I actually paid for something. <laughs> uh, mushrooms. Mm, it's kind of on the expensive side as well. Ooh, I like this. Pak soy. You heard of that? Paxoy is actually super healthy, um, and you can um, stir fry it. It goes very well with uh, uh, Chinese food. So I'll get some of this for tonight. I have some chicken at home. What else do I need? Uh, maybe. Well, actually, some mushrooms would be nice. It would be very, very nice. Um, these are. 129 they're organic this is 90 cents yeah let's go with this alrighty okay what else um, maybe I'll take another quick look at their veggies section on the other side so they've got these you know, like raw veggies that you have to cut yourself and then you've, you've got the pre-cut ones which for some reason are uh, at the total opposite side of the of the shop let me see what they have um, <laughs> the downside, it's all in plastic I don't like that, but this store doesn't really offer me uh, any options when it comes to plastic Let's see, let's see, let's see. We've got kale. Uh, and then what do we have here? Hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure if... Oh, wait a minute. This, maybe? Oh, no, no, no. That's, that's not for, for Chinese food. Uh, you know what? I could take a leak. Uh, wait, that came out wrong. <laughs> I can buy a leak. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, this is probably going to be the uh, the episode title. <laughs> leak is good, but yeah. Well, anywho. Yeah, let me just get one. Because then I can cut it up and put it in, uh, you know, with some, uh, with some rice. I can make fried rice. Oh, here they are. Uh, okay, actually, wow, that is cheap. That is really cheap. It's just fifty cents a piece. I can I can take more than a than one leak. <laughs> Sorry. 
I'll just take one leak. Do I have to weigh it or not? No, probably not. It's just a, a piece, right? I think so. Yeah. I can take two. I'll take two. Easier. All right. That is a orange juice machine. It smells delicious. All right. I need to tell the guys that I'm going to be... You know, the alarm is going to go off. Ooh. I got some stuff on sale here, but nothing that I can use. Alrighty. The leeks, mushrooms, and paxoy. It's probably not the English, English name for that vegetable, but you have to forgive me. I don't know. I don't have very big veg- vegetable. I'm looking for my bank cart. Where is it? Where did I put it? Oh, right. It's here in my pocket. Anyway, so um, now I've totally lost it, my train of thought. Okay, so yeah, so in the end, um, if I do like the two Hobbit episodes, and if I do another one for this year about Star Wars, remember I did that Star Wars documentary, which was also a lot about uh, my vocation and everything. Since this is going to be the last December for a while to, you know, be big Star Wars-wise, I figured I, I uh, I could do an episode where I connect faith and Star Wars. That's what a lot of people always ask me about anyway, and they know me in the Netherlands as Mr. Star Wars, or Father Star Wars. So, why not? And then I can reuse some of the material that I shot for my documentary. And uh, it it saves me another episode that I had already planned, and I can use that next year. So, even less work. Alright, let me go pay. Oh, they're going to change personnel here at the at the, how do you call this? The place where you pay. Cashier? Always takes a while because they have these separate cases with money for per person. All right, let's see what happens. The next crew. the security codes <laughs> take your time we have time so uh, anyway so I only have to film four more episodes in the next six weeks so that's feasible and then a little bit uh, for the Christmas episode but I've you know made some, fo- some calls today and I think we're going to be fine um, so that's that's quite feasible and then I can spend the rest of um, the, the time before Christmas on kind of the more Catholic projects that I do. And I've been working really hard on the Patreon uh, tiers and everything. So as soon as I've paid for my leaks, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll tell you about it. Okay, it seems like the, the thing is working, so I can pay. <laughs> Very well. The leaks. Alright.
Dan gaat dat ding straks weer piepen. Dat gebeurde de laatste keer ook al. Er zit iets in mijn jas of zo. Oh ja, dat is geen probleem. Maar ik weet niet wat het is. Ik ben er nog steeds niet achter. Ja, dat zal het pas zijn. Dan kun je gewoon doorlopen. Ja, oké, okay, dankjewel. Fijne avond. Alright, so here we go. I'm gonna get shot here. Dus I'm gonna go through these. I'll make sure I go through it alone. Otherwise other people will think that they've stolen something. So here we go. One, two, three. Beep, beep, beep. Told you. Okay, I really need to get another coat. <laughs> but I'm alive. And I've paid for my groceries. Okay, so I have leeks now, but I don't have coffee. <laughs> you see what kind of quality content I'm offering you? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> anyway, um, so one of the episodes that I want to do is about uh, a monastery. It's actually, this could be interesting for uh, an English video as well. Uh, where the sisters are already they're Franciscan sisters and they live a contemplative life um, but of course as you can imagine uh, for them it's also kind of hard to survive the costs are very high they don't have many vocations um, these sisters since they pray they don't really have an income unlike other um, congregations where they are for instance still teaching or something like that or they have their pensions so what they came up with was, with, was that with a lot of people now looking for ideas on how to live uh, in a more sustainable way. Uh, they now have uh, the Vegetarian Sister. That's their brand, the Vegetarian Sister. And it's basically a couple of sisters that are really good at cooking, and they are selling um, food that they prepare themselves, and they teach people, they give workshops on how to uh, cook in a vegetarian way. And then, of course, that is very much connected to their own Franciscan um, spirituality. So that's a great combo. And I think I'm going to tell that story with them. So this is the jumbo supermarket. Let's hope that the security things are not as sensitive as on the other side. I don't even think they have them. Okay. Ah, strawberries. Stra at this time of the year? That's crazy. Okay, coffee. This is a very different... The, the, the German supermarket is always a little bit... I don't know, I always find it a little bit uh, uh, cold, impersonal. Ooh, they've got chicken here. Ooh, ribs for just three bucks. Okay, barbecue ribs for three bucks. Do I need to barbecue them because it's... Mm, no, I can just put them in the oven. In the air fryer. I don't have an air fryer. Ooh. Ribs for three bucks. I'm so tempted, but I'm not going to do it because I already have chicken. So, anyway. I was talking about the vegetarian sister and here I am being tempted by ribs. <laughs> oh, I'm such a terrible specimen <laughs> of the human race. So, but I, I think that could make for a very interesting episode where um, I talk with them about uh, sustainable living and how that is connected to, let's say, the Catholic uh, way of, of, well, at least, you know, this, this attempt that we do to respect creation and to live in a responsible way and also to treat animals with respect or respect or with, with, you know, with prudence. Um, and, and, you know, 
vegetarian diet, that's something that I'm pretty familiar with. So um, I may learn a, a few things. And then it w- I think it would be very, very fun to combine that with a cooking session. So I can already see the entire episode. Uh, that's really, I think, going to be easy to film. Okay, this is my favorite coffee brand. It's a very Dutch coffee brand, dark roast. It's called Canis and Gunnik in Dutch. Let's try saying that ten times. Canis and Gunnik. You need the you need the the, the guttural uh, Klingon Gunnik. <laughs> okay, so I think I'm good. Let's see if I if they have anything else here that may be of use. Mm, probably not. This is just one of those stores where. Oh, well, actually, this is new. They never, ever put things on sale. Now they do. Okay, I hear copyright music here in the background. That's probably not a good idea to to record, because uh, I don't want to get into trouble. And so I'm talking over it. <laughs> I like this song, though. It's with a video clip with, um, with uh, Leonard Nimoy. I-, I think they filmed that a year before he died. It was pretty hilarious. All right, coffee. They're already advertising St. Nicholas gatherings for kids where you can bake your own St. Nicholas candy. And it's kind of part of this uh, trend that you see uh, everywhere where they're they're constantly celebrating uh, things earlier in the year. So you'll see the first Christmas decorations in in September, you know, right after... Hello. (laughs) Alrighty. There we go. They were. Thank you all. That's a very Dutch greeting, by the way. Say doei. <laughs> and and there, it, it varies from area to area. So you've got doei. That's kind of more Rotterdam, I think, that area where, where I come from. And then you've got doeg. So with, a, again, a Klingon g. Doeg. And in the south, they say, Hoya, Hoya. That <laughs> was calling the press, uh, uh, what you call them? Uh, the, 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 the press guy from the Diocese of Ruhrmont in the south. And I was pitching my, my Christmas idea. So um, I wrote, actually, someone wrote uh, Christmas stories that, that I kind of came up with the idea, and then someone else wrote the. Uh, Kind of crisp, almost like Christmas fairy tales, and I based them on the, the on the very scenes in the Christmas diorama that I filmed in the summertime for my Christmas episode. And it's a very big project that a, a lady has been working on for for uh, more than a year. And when I saw all those scenes that she created, it's kind of based on an Italian nativity scene, like these big Napo- Napolitan whatever. <laughs> dioramas that you have in in almost every church in in uh, in Italy, and a lot of those scenes just depict regular scenes from day to day life. So you see a baker and uh, someone is selling flowers, etc. When, when I saw that, I was like, "Well, I can I can tell some stories um, and connect it, it, connect these scenes, and all these people could be, could have been visited by Joseph and Mary on their journey to Bethlehem." And so I made an outline of a couple of ideas that I had for some of those scenes and asked a professional writer to write those fairy tales. And she did a terrific job. I just 
finished reading them before I went to went out for coffee, and they're fantastic. Um, together, we also inserted some references to Old Testament stories, to things that will happen later on in the life of Jesus, and it's really wonderful. I'm so proud of the end result. And so the the idea would be to ask the bishop of of uh, of Limburg, so of the south, southern bishop, uh, uh, diocese to read those stories. They're written for kids, but you can listen to them with your family. And so, and the perspective, the narrative perspective is um, a shepherd who tells little shepherds what they should know about Joseph and Mary to be a good shepherd themselves. And so you can easily spot the biblical (laughs) connotations. Uh, But um, I would go there, or at least my proposition to the diocese is, um, that I film him recording or yeah recording and narrating these stories then i 'll add the images from the nativity scene from the diorama, and then we 'll create this series of videos that parents can play during Advent with their kids to prepare them uh, for for Christmas for the Christmas celebrations. Um, and so I was discussing that, and he still needs to kind of pitch it to, to, the, to the bishop there. And then at the end of the conversation, I said, uh, Dui! And he said, Hoi, hoi! I was like, okay, yeah, that's true. And it's sad to say, Hoi, hoi! <laughs> anyway, again, quality content here. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, at least I'm taking my leaks on the way back home. <laughs> Sorry! I will not do it again. <laughs> but um, I think the, the, with this schedule, and if I, and, and it also requires me to be a bit bold when it comes to the, you know, using older material, retelling stories, because I'm I'm always tempted to think from the perspective of let's say an older public that is watching my stuff on TV, and it's true that my show is on at four o'clock in the afternoon. I mean. You and I probably don't watch TV at that time of the, of the day. But older people do. And so my audience of about, depends, you know, between 50 and 80,000 people per episode, sometimes 100,000 if I'm lucky. Um, but they, they consist of older people. But what I always forget is that there are also between 10 and 20,000 people that watch this show on the internet. And they, they watch it on the website of the broadcasting company. And those are not old people. Those, that's a much younger uh, viewership. And so instinctively, when I choose my topics and when I decide uh, or propose uh, episodes, I'm thinking of that older demographic. But of course, why would I? Why can't I do a good story about Star Wars or about you know, the world of, of Tolkien? I know that I can make it work. And that it will be fun, just like I did that episode about fairy tales that I filmed last year, where before I, you know, when I pitched it, I didn't get any applause. It was like, oh, that's never going to work. That's such a weird world, you know, the world of fantasy. And, and I was convinced that I could turn that into a good story. And I did. And it was successful. And it's been... Uh, uh, it's been a part of the of the reruns as well, and every time we got really big numbers for that show. And 
Well, that's kind of my bread and butter has always been to connect familiar stories from the world of geeks and uh, kind of popular culture with the, the old stories of the Bible and of faith. So, but I always doubt myself. I was like, oh, it's not good enough. It's, it's never going to work. I'm never going to accept it. Now I'm thinking much more prag- pragmatically. And I think it is also, I'm kind of emboldened by what we did in Scotland. I'm thinking, this is what I want to do. I want to create these bigger stories um, for, not just for Dutch TV. Why not make stuff that we can uh, that we can sell to Netflix or one of the other bigger streams? You, you guessed it, back at the railway here. another double-decker train. I hope I'm not going to get the same thing as uh, what is it, an hour oh, half an hour ago. Okay, waiting for the lights to turn off. And it is now safe to cross. So that's what I'll do. It smells like burnt plastic here. Ew. I'm not sure where that's coming from. I hope it's not my microphone. <laughs> but um, I now know that that my aim is for the next year to make at least two big documentaries, two big travel documentaries, new ones. And in order to do that, I have to be pragmatic about my TV show. And I know that with, you know, less work and just being more creative with stuff that I've already filmed, I can save myself a ton of work in the next couple of weeks. And then I can apply that time that I gain with that to the preparation for the next year. Speaking of patrons, um, of course, I, you know that um, most of my fundraising right now is done through Patreon. I'm very happy with the system. It enables me to provide my, my patrons with a, an extra podcast every uh, week. But I have to say, on the level of tears, I wasn't too happy with... I just felt that I didn't do enough for, for my patrons. And so I completely rethought that. And I'm working on implementing it. So this morning I had a meeting with Inge where we looked at the technical um, uh, aspects of this plan. And what it, what it entails is what I want to do is I want to lower the first tier. So right now the first tier is five bucks a month. But I know that for a lot of people that, that is still quite a bit of money. So I want to lower that to two bucks. Basically uh, a cup of coffee. And what I want to do for that lower tier is two things instead of one. Now, right now, as a you know, first tier, you just get the extra podcast and, of course, my thanks and prayers and everything. But I've uh, created something very new, um, which is uh, pretty awesome, and it's a Discord server. Uh, so a Discord server, think of it like a chat room and a forum and also kind of like a streaming thing all in one and super easy to use. Uh, feels a bit like Slack if you've ever used that. So it's a really well thought out interface. And what I can do is uh, I can grant people access to that space where we can discuss and people can talk with me, post their questions or suggestions, uh, chat, and I can even stream stuff straight to Discord. And so these lower tier patrons will also get access to Discord, which is something new. That wasn't there before. So that, I'm super excited. I can also integrate that with YouTube, etc. The second tier, the, the current $5 tier, I want to add more to the mix. So I want 
the documentary that I'm going that I'm making. I've already made two documentaries in the past. One about Star Wars, and one about games and gaming, the world of games. Those two, I want to republish them in good quality and make them available as the first two documentaries, kind of like a sample of what I want to do in the future. And then all the people that are five euro or five dollar patrons, I want to give them uh, uh, the I call it like an early bird uh, present or surprise box or whatever. And so whenever a documentary is finished, before I release it, uh, way before I release it to the general public, those patrons that make it possible for me to, to make these documentaries, I want to give them that documentary first so they will get to see it. Uh, I'm thinking about a month at least before the, the, the documentaries are, are published. So uh, I think... And, and then, of course, uh, all the tiers stack up so you also get the stuff from the first tier then the the next tier 10 bucks i want to do something special and create these digital care packages as a thank you so every uh, i don't know not sure yet i'm thinking about uh, a number of times per year you'll get a digital present and it can contain um well definitely for the for the 10 bucks uh, you get the ebook if you already have my ebook, uh, Geek Priest, which was a, a very a popular book, but at least I was very surprised by the numbers, uh, the number of sales. That book is now mine uh, because the publisher uh, is out of stock, and so the the um, the, the right re- re- return to me. Um, I want to uh, give that as a thank you, the ebook, and to to the people that. Um, that, that are 10 bucks a month uh, sponsors and so that will be a one-time gift and if they already have the ebook i will give them the audiobook something like that and then i want to them to receive every once in a while extra digital present and that can contain lots of different things what exactly i have a pretty good idea um it will be all stuff that is not available online so it will be something of a surprise box um, and then I want to do the same for the twenty-five dollar uh, a month. But the, the twenty-five the people that support me with twenty-five dollar a month—I mean, that is insane. It's so, so generous of them. But it's also a sign that they really want to support what I do, um, and uh, are, they're kind of like stakeholders. So I'm, I want to give them uh, more regular care packages with more special presence in them, a special digital presence. presence. So that's... Um, and then every time uh, the patrons get one of those surprise boxes, I, I'm going to publish the contents to the rest of the world, to the, my other followers, and by telling them, this is what, what I do for my patrons. If you want to be in the loop, if you want to also get these, these, digital, this digital, uh, these materials that are not available anywhere else, then by all means, consider supporting me. And then the final two tiers, the fifty dollar tier, um, that is something. If, if again, those are the super fans, and I currently don't have that many of them, but I want to um, give them the opportunity to give a surprise to someone they love, and, and this is something that I've done in the past as well. I want to give them the opportunity uh, a couple of times a year to dedicate a show 
or a video or you know a podcast or maybe even a stream <laughs> uh, to dedicate that to someone special for a special occasion it could be a birthday or uh, a jubilee or an anniversary or just to be kind and to surprise someone and that will come with a special personal dedication at the start of the show for everyone to hear so that is uh, something i want to do for the for the you know the really you know big supporters and then the last tier that's going to be a hundred bucks or more because i have people that are so generous that they even go beyond a hundred bucks a month which is absolutely fantastic um and it, well it's what i want to do for them is they are basically financing my my productions so I want to give them co-producer credits on the documentaries, so on the big stuff, not on the smaller shows that I make, but on the bigger productions. I want to give them full screen credits, and I think I'm going to make that flexible. If, if, for instance, I can imagine that there's sometimes companies that want to support my work, um, and they may be able to give a bigger gift, and in return, uh, of course, I can give them visual credits and you know do the documentaries also made possible by so and so or by this or that company so that could even be from a business perspective be interesting for you know future sponsors so that's basically the what i've been <laughs> working on this weekend i've kind of done that in oh that's the that's the, the bell of our church here st joseph's church i'm still kind of standing here in front of the last supermarket that i want to pay a visit but I want to finish this recording first because otherwise I'm going to be so distracted. Anyway, so, um, and that I'm still, so if you're signing up right now, I'll quickly inform you about the, the improvements. And so one thing, the older tiers gave um, the donors um, access to older audio recordings and video recordings. In reality, and I've been able to do that for a, for a long time because... Uh, when I, uh, that was before the change to SQPN because we had th- these common shows and uh, they were all stored, I think, on an Amazon server. But since we split up, um, there, there are a number of shows that went to SQPN, especially all the secret shows. And a number of, of the shows that were mine, like The Catholic Insider, and if you don't know what that is, Google it. it it's been one of, I think, one of my best audio series. The, those are all sound-seeing tours, um, so basically what you'd normally do with sightseeing, but instead of seeing it, I would describe it, and you would hear the sounds. And those include travels to all sorts of countries in the world. It's a bit what I do right now with vlogging, but then with audio. Those all are, are mine, but they're no longer online. So, And the same is true for some of the video material that I've made that used to be part of the SQPN lineup and now it reverted to me, but I had to move it to another place and I never got around to it. I have a YouTube account that was canceled by, by YouTube itself. I'll spare you the details. It was very complicated. It was not, not at all my fault. Um, but I have all the material that was on that old YouTube account and it's no longer online. So that is stuff that I can make available again to my patrons but instead of doing that all on a huge super website that i would be super complicated to you know give access how do i do the access with this pass password and what if someone just 
you know, it becomes a patron for one month and then just disappears and that person would retain access to that page. It's so comp- And then I was like, so simple. I'm going to put mater- archival material, material like that. I'll just create little care packages where you could, for instance, you know, you'd open your your care package for, uh, I don't know, the month of November and it would have uh, 10 audio episodes recorded in Spain and and discovering a, a certain area. Or you may find like a whole photo series that I uh, took uh, or that I produced while I was walking the Camino, photos that I've never published before. Things like that, audio, photographic material, um, maybe in the future also stuff I write. There are so many possibilities, but I think it is much more manageable for me to do that in the form of like digital presence because they're all that's what it is it's just it's not a subscription or anything it's just thank you presence for the help that patrons give me so what time is it how long have i been wasting your time oh 48 minutes <laughs> that's okay <laughs> um so th- there that that's kind of what, what i've been doing for the past week so and then uh oh, just a health update you know that I've been pretty ill before I went on this uh, whirlwind documentary tour. <laughs> I survived that, thankfully. Um, but now the time has come for me to get fit again. And so I've started my training for the Marathon of Rotterdam, which I'm going to run, if all goes well, God willing, of course, on my birthday next year. It's on April 5th. So I'll have Palm Sunday Mass on Saturday evening in this parish here, this parish church, the St. Joseph's Church. Uh, so that's going to be a family, family celebration. And then the next morning on Palm Sunday, on my birthday, I'll be running hopefully a good marathon in Rotterdam. And I'm going to run it for charity. So I'm going to uh, try to, to uh, get as many sponsors as I get to support um, the charity uh, of the bishops every year during Lent. They have this, this, uh, these projects in the South America, sometimes Africa, depends, Asia. And what I want to do is to get as many sponsors as I want so that every kilometer that I run or every mile will be beneficial to people that don't have the luxury of running marathons and, you know, living a good life and try to give something back. So, that's all. I'm finally going to wrap things up. Thank you so much for listening to this. Thank you so much. Um, if you are uh, a patron for your, tr- your, your trust um, and good things are coming and if you would like to support me, then just go over to Patreon soon. Um, the, the, the $2 tier is not up yet, so I've still, I, I needed to get permission from Inga first and know from her if this was feasible. Now that she thinks that that's not going to pose too many problems, I think I'm going to update the tiers as soon as I can. Maybe it's already up by the time you're listening to this. All right. I will talk to you soon. Thanks and bye-bye.